if you're thinking about putting together a graph database application or, or a system in your, in your premises, think about starting with something brand new. Don't try and get an old app that's kind of struggling or isn't really working for you because sometimes yeah. there's too much baggage around that. You know, senior leadership as well saying, yeah, we've never got return on that. And that becomes a bit of a political mm. hot potato. So you want to try and start with something fresh, start with you know, the old data science thing about making sure you can define the problem effectively is same concept applies here. Don't just try and throw some data in and hope to find some stuff. You've got to have some kind of idea of what you're trying to get out of this. On October 25th, we're coming back to Melbourne for our first physical MLOps event. Whether you are just starting in the MLOps journey, improving in that space, or whether you have thousands of models in production, this event is for you. The type of things we're going to cover is MLOps for scale. And that scale can be number of models or the number of people in the team or the number of prediction and inferences that need to be made in an hour or a minute or a second. So how to create effective MLOps for all those scenarios. We're going to cover MLOps processes and team structures. How do we organize ourselves and the talent that we have in our organizations for better results in MLOps? We're going to be looking at creating efficient and effective MLOps pipelines in an end-to-end. What does the data look like, the feature stores, all the way to the model deployment, serving, monitoring, alerting, etc. We're also going to cover getting a C-level buy-in and support for the investment in this area. We're going to be covering what governance and good management looks like in this space. So wherever you are in your journey, the MLOps event in Melbourne on October 25th is going to help you increase the maturity of MLOps in your organization. I hope you can join us. See you then. I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading specialist data recruitment business. With offices in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, they're experts at providing recruitment strategy and building data teams for clients across industries Australia-wide. They provide recruitment solutions for all roles across the data lifecycle, including data engineering, data science, advanced analytics, customer and marketing insights, business intelligence, data product managers and data governance. They're skilled at finding the best permanent and contract hires for your business needs, as well as statement of work, project focus, data resources. At Talent Insights, relationships matter most. I can say from first-hand experience, Talent Insights are fantastic to work with. Whether you're a business leader within an HR network or a specialist data candidate, Talent Insights should be the first company you turn to for all your data recruitment needs. Find them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi and welcome to Data Futurology. My name is Felipe Flores and today we're talking about graph databases. Everything graph database related, all your questions answered. It's going to be an excellent episode. And we have Peter Kokinakos or PK as he's known. He's the COO of MIP Australia. Pete, a pleasure having you on the show. How are you going today? Hey, I'm wonderful, Felipe. Thanks for the opportunity to get together and discuss some great new tech that's emerging and coming out of the woodwork. So uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, mate, same here, 100%. And I really like that you guys are always, you know, at the forefront of of these new technologies and bringing them to really real practical uh, applications across organizations. So I'm very keen to pick your brain on all all things graph databases today. Um, But I thought maybe we can start with... um, getting you to tell us a little bit about your yourself, uh, your role, your remit, and about MIP, if that's all right. All right, the 30-second ad, right? So we won't keep the, the, uh, the viewer too long on this, uh, on this um, I think. But look, it is important to understand uh, the, the pedigree of the company, I think. Yeah, MIP has been around for over 30 years. 
We are a pure data company. That's all we do. We do analytics and data. Uh, we've brought technologies into the country that uh, people are very familiar with. I think like Tableau, Alteryx, a, a product called Wearscape, which has been around for, for a couple of decades now, doing some amazing things in the data warehousing automation space. Uh, we've, uh, we've done some work in the past with other techs, and we're always looking for something new. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the graph technology. My remit in, uh, in, as a COO is to basically make sure that we provide an end-to-end -end platform, not just in the technology, because we can actually do end-to-end -end with technology, but also from a services perspective and a support perspective, because it's no good you know, driving around town, flinging new software out the window as we drive to the next opportunity. We've got to get make sure people get value from that investment, and that's what we, we do primarily is we have a full uh, consulting service. We have a support desk that does you know, frontline support for all the tech and all the customers that we have on uh, in Australia, as well as we do training and we do managed services and, uh, and of course, we, uh, we, we can sell software as well as uh, support it. So MIP is a full function uh, service provider to the analytics community of Australia. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, mate. That is excellent. Um, and we, we were um, talking briefly before we started uh, recording and I was telling you how um, we have, we've had so many questions from the audience uh, around what is graph databases and and kind of like what does that world look like what are some potentials uh there so we will we'll jump into into uh, that type of discussion um but the other area that we've been getting um questions from is from people who have trialed it and then uh get stuck uh operationalizing or or taking taking it into into production um, so I'd like to uh, throughout the conversation come back to some of those themes uh, but maybe we can start with um, telling us about a, a graph and then graph databases and and why why it's important all right so, so let's 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 go to uh, graph 101 just um, I think uh, we, we call it an emerging technology it's been around for uh, the best part of almost 18 years. I think the theory has been around for a while, just like a lot of technology, right, um, has been around for a while in theory. But now that the compute power is caught up and the way that we can actually structure architecture uh, in, in the hardware and in the storage devices to be able to provide the speed and the capacity that we need, Graph is now coming to, to fruition in terms of um, uh, bringing value to clients and not just being theoretical, actually being a, a real product and we'll, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about specifically a, a product called Neo4j which is the graph database that, that MIP is uh, is bringing to market with Neo in this country and also um, some some technology that sits on top of the uh, the database itself so think of graph database still a bucket it's just like a uh, any other database it's a bucket it's a smart surrounder that provide the applications and the usage and the use cases uh, of how that works so um uh, I think you're right. People are a little bit um, scared about it because it's not well understood. But think about it from a perspective of, uh, let me draw an analogy for, from uh, something that people may be familiar with. And this is the, the relational database. Mm -hmm. and, you know, back in the 80s, it was new and, and weird and it wasn't uh, VSAM files, it wasn't index data structures. People think, oh, hang on, how does this work? It's all based on set theory, you have joins and unions and intersections. Um, and they devised the SQL language to, for people to query it. So yeah, it kind of evolved over time. But all it did was mimic old school systems. So, you know, if you're as old as me, you remember going to a, a professional service like a doctor or a dentist. When you walk in, they ask your name and they go to the back of the the the, um, uh, the office and they pull open the drawer and they have all the little cards in there. And pretty much all we did was take the card system and make it a database. So, you know, the, the, the patient card became a, a relation 
or a table in the in the database. Each visit became a record in a you know a, a joint uh, file. Each prescription another record in the file. So we just basically mimicked the old world of cards and and, and drawers in a relational database. And we actually and I'm going to use a, a bit of a profanity, but we made up bullshit data to connect this stuff, right? So we had the patient ID. I made up data, and I have an issue with fabricated data from a governance perspective, but we fabricate data to make the join between the patient record and all the repeating groups because we had a one-to-many and all those good things. So now for me to do analysis on that patient ID is meaningless because it's fabricated. So there's no real value in that data. And so if you take that paradigm and you move to the graph world, you still have the entities like patient and services that you provide, but now you can actually describe the relationship. And the power in that means I can actually analyze based on the relationship and that relationship is directional. And so now I've got a really different kind of way to start thinking about my, my data and the relationships that exist within my data, because that's the power of what we're looking for here is how do things connect and how they related. And that's really what Graph does for us. A really cool example that you see a lot in, uh, in the Neo4j world is uh, you know, films and person. And if you think about those two concepts, the relationship between the two, you can have a person who acts in a film, who directs a film, who produces a film, who is an extra in a film. So all of a sudden, it's not just this one-to-many or many-to-many that you're trying to uh, kind of rationalise with a with a you know, normal four, third normal form kind of structure. You actually can use that um, uh, relationship to analyse and do further analysis. So then you can say, which actors didn't star in this film? So you can actually do the negative as well, which becomes pretty hard to do in, uh, in straight, straight SQL, right? So there's lots of things. So, so if you think about the, um, the graph world, we still have the concept of, of what we call nodes now instead of entities, but there's still the nouns, the things in the business. But now you've got verbs because you can say a person acted in a film or a person directed the film or a person funded the film. And all of a sudden you've got really, really intricate kind of an analytics that you can do for those relationships. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. That is super exciting. That is super exciting. And um, how do you recommend that people get uh, get into using uh, graph databases um, or get get started in the space? Well, look, there's there's lots of ways to do that. The, the first way is that you can uh, download uh, some free trial software. So the software is always a good place to start, especially for the for the technical uh, viewers that we have today. Everyone wants to get their hands dirty because they want to feel what it's like and, and how it works. So it's easy to get a, a, a free download. You can um, uh, go to the MIP website and uh, you can uh, request a, a, the download through our website and start playing around with it yourself. So if you're technically literate, you'll find it pretty easy to, to work with. Uh, one um, thing that you'll find is that the SQL concepts mm-hmm. that, um, that Relational has are actually very condensed. So um, uh, Neo has its own language called Cypher. And something that may take you know, 18 pages of code in SQL might be three or four lines in Cypher because it's wow. it's an elegant language because it's actually tuned for the graph to be able to traverse kind of trees and nodes and hook up relationships, even in circular patterns. Whereas you try and do that in SQL, any kind of recursive structures in SQL are hideously long and complicated, right? And then anything more than about three or four joins of you know, significant tables will grind to a halt pretty quickly, right? Whereas yeah. graph is tuned for that kind of, connection, jumping from node to node to work out how do I connect and where do I go next and all good things. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, what about the, the applications or use cases? Where, um, where, where should people look for um, when, when starting in, in the space? 
Um, look, there's, there's a bunch of use cases out there. One, one of the ones, let me, let me give you a bit of a, an example of uh, one that's really, really famous um, in the, uh, the, 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 the crime and the fraud detection world. Uh, there's a, a case called the Panama Papers, um, mm-hmm. and there's about two or three documentaries now. There's a, one on Prime, one on Netflix, so if, uh, if the folks out there want to chase up on that, it's really an interesting uh, thing to watch because, number one, it's um, uh, you know, the way these guys perpetrated all the fraud in order to, to cleanse money and uh, kind of looped in people all around the world. Everyone from the, I think the Icelandic prime minister who was involved, who was channeling money through his wife's and children's accounts. Mm. You've got to remember, like, these people are uh, you know, going out of their way to obfuscate the transaction, to make it harder to find. Yeah. And yet a bunch of journalists, the, uh, the ICIJ, the... Uh, International Consortium of Investigative Journalists mm-hmm. got together and they started using um, you know, graph databases in order to make the connections. And so what they were looking for was certain patterns and they broke up the data. So yeah, you got to think journalists, some of them are technical, some of them not so much. Mm-hmm. And so they've given them the graph uh, databases with all the, the tools in order to do their investigations and trying to find the links between all the nodes and they weren't obvious. Like I said, these guys were trying to hide the links and the journalists were trying to follow them. And so, you know, in, in the real world, uh, very few of our customers are going to be trying to hide their transactions. They're actually just transacting. And so we, we, it's a lot easier for us. So the Panama Papers was a really interesting example of finding the transactions, even though the values were different, the timing between transactions was different, the people were com- seemed unrelated. By using graph technology, you can actually create a network of known people and, and who knows who, who lives with who, who connects with who via telephone numbers. So lots of ways to connect that isn't, you know, a bullshit ID number, sorry to use a joke here, but, you know, a fabricated ID number. It's actually real-world connections. And so they even kind of uh, found some guy in Russia, the, the lead uh, cellist of the symphony orchestra, uh, who's apparently a friend of Putin's, had a $6 million US loan uh, at one point that was written off two years later for a dollar. And so they find all this stuff in, wow. in, as part of the, the transaction, but it was so hard, it was so buried in all this data and all this detail. And there was a whistleblower who was um, in uh, you know, the original um, person was must have been an employee in a law firm that was kind of uh, dealing with all this and said, "Hey, here's all this data," and it was literally terabytes and terabytes of documents, unstructured data, um, and, and they uh, used, like I said, the graph database to, to really bring that all together and, and expose the whole thing. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend watching. It's a great documentary on uh, on the Panama Papers. Uh, they're taking the next step now, and it's the Pandora Papers that they're now following, and it's kind of an extension to the Panama Papers. So really, really cool uh, kind of way to, to see the technology in action. But not everyone's going to be looking for crime networks and, uh, and that kind of stuff in their business. So my suggestion is download the product, um, get some data to, to, to uh, ingest into the product, Again, think of the use case. So a couple of things that we recommend is um, if you're thinking about putting together a graph database application or, or a system in your, in your premises, think about starting with something brand new. Don't try and get an old app that's kind of struggling or isn't really working for you because sometimes yes. there's too much baggage around that. You know, senior leadership is all saying, yeah, we never got return on that. And that becomes a bit of a political mm. hot potato. So you want to try and start with something fresh, start with you know, the old data science thing about making sure you can define the problem effectively is same concept applies here. You don't just try and throw some data in and hope to find some stuff. You've got to have some kind of idea of what you're trying to get out of this. Um, the other one that we, uh, we, we see often is, um, and it's termed the frozen data lake, 
you know, mm-hmm. for, for, for a few years or decades now, we've been pouring data into either warehouses, marts, lakes. I've heard of lake house now. I don't know what that is yet, but like, yeah, there's all these new concepts coming out. So all this stuff that people are just pouring data in. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of the uh, data lakes are forming a very, very uh, heavy, thick layer of uh, ice on top of them. So the water gets in or the data gets in, but it's not coming out easily. Mm. And so this is a great opportunity to use Graph to kind of navigate through some of the stuff because one of the, the advantages of Graph coming in a little bit later in the process in terms of the, the, the database technology structures, they've already solved the problem of scalability and size and all those good things, right? So that it's not something that's going to say, oh, we can only deal with a 1,000 rows. This thing deals with billions of rows and terabytes and petabytes of data. So you can get into the data lake and really try and break that ice cap and try to get some value from what's in there. And the third area is where you've got uh, routines that are running in SQL that just aren't returning a result or they're taking days or weeks or months to, to result in. Yep. See if a graph can actually fine-tune that because the speed of actually making the connections, and especially that recursive nature of, of SQL that some people are trying to do to try to get, you know, the, the classic example of show me that every manager in the business and their three lines of reports below them. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really easy. Yeah, everyone wants to know that as a whether you're an HR or management. I want to see. I want to see Mary and who her reports are three lines down nested in the hierarchy. Trying to do that SQL is hideous, and it could take a long time, especially if you got you know, um, you know 40,000 employees in in the business. Yeah, in graph, it's literally five lines of code, and it runs like a dream. So, so finding some of the stuff where the SQL is really sluggish, you could potentially you know find a great business case or a use case to to then. Uh, invest uh, some more resources and some more time and effort into the uh, the whole graph world. Great recommendations, mate. Yeah, to have a, a new a new use case um, to look at um, some of the historical data that may not be accessible as accessible as as wanted in the um, in the organization, um, and um, and to to be able to introduce the, the technology uh, across across the board in a in a seamless way. I think uh, it's it's really good approaches. I also like from what you were saying is that um, it seems like the technology can manage structure and uh, and unstructured data, um, and that it can it can track when the, all that data is linked, and then it can track. <coughs> Over time, so I like I like having the the time component in there as well. Um, so it sounds super powerful. Yeah, look, I think um, the one thing that we all kind of get uh, bamboozled with a little bit is uh, when we get the unstructured data. Not all unstructured data is completely structureless, mm. and so you can actually find some elements of structure. We um, we did a piece of work uh, with a client who said, "Look, all of my supplier information is way out of date." Uh, but I've got all my invoices. And so they're all PDF documents. Some were paper-based. They're getting hard copy mail, which is a simple scan to PDF. And there's tools out there now, like we're, we resell Alteryx, which is a great product. And you know, within they gave us 800 and said, oh, you'll never get to the 800. See how many you can get through in the next couple of days. And within two hours, we had ingested the whole 800. And out of that, we we kind of processed through with some some um, clever algorithms inside uh, Alteryx to identify you know, where there was a name and a colon we could then identify the next string of characters probably going to be the supplier name. So we could actually extract that. And we, we got through to about 730 something out. It's so close to you know, 10, uh, 90% of the documents we could process. And that took us only like literally a couple of days to, to kind of get through that workload. So, so never ever assume that data is completely um, a void of value simply because it's not in a table or on a system somewhere. There's always a way to get to data no matter where it lives. So and, and like I say, something is like a an invoice which you kind of think is so different, so 
Um, so uh, variable between different suppliers coming in, uh, we can still make um, um, uh, sense of that and put structure around it in order to analyze it. So never ever assume data is dead. You, know, you can punish it pretty hard to get some value out of it. Yeah, well, this is yeah, this is uh, very very encouraging to hear um, because from I know that from from my perspective, whenever um, uh, in the past, whenever my teams have have come up with um, applications that are around graph or, or network analysis, I always get nervous because they they've traditionally been uh, problems that have been harder or or tough tough to crack, and it usually needs a little time, a little resources. And um, and it seems to me like it's it's difficult as a result of that. It's difficult to hit a home run with with an application. Um, so I've always 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 been um, uh, like we've we've usually tried it, um, but I've been always trying to con- constrain the the scope at least or, or the or time box the, the the timelines because I have um, an inherent nervousness uh, around. A network analysis or, or a social analysis um, using, I guess, like um, more like current and old technology. But going into the graph world, like this, all this can change, especially if you're able to, you know, get through uh, so so much. In this case, unstructured data so quickly, um, it's it, it really it sounds like a game changer. I, I think it is, but but I'll, I'll try to support you actually, even though. The tech is allowing us to be more, uh, yeah, quick, uh, quicker results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be fast to fail is, is the co- the whole yeah. concept, right? So, yeah. so if you're going to invest, you know, weeks and weeks, and then you fail, as opposed to oh, we're going to do two days and then fail, yeah. you learn from that, right? As long as you're learning from all that stuff. So, I still think your processes are going to probably stay the same, and it's the same in any change management approach. Because you know, analytics is, um, in the old days, used to be like, hey, here's a nice chart, and here's some pretty pictures. And it wasn't about action-based insights because today we're giving insights, but we want to change behavior. So when I flag someone in the CRM, or yeah, the call center, they I call in and I'm a, a pissed-off customer. What happens with that? If I'm flagged as a potential churner from a from a, you know, a lever of your business, I'm going to go somewhere else. What's the intervention strategy? What's the action that you're going to take? So I think you, you're still right in terms of trying to scope it down. But if you can get through more and you can and work out, yes, there is value here or no, there's not, that, conden- that, that um, condensed kind of time frame is really what you're looking for as a manager, right? And that's, your process will be the same. It's just going to be kind of your time cycle is going to be condensed. And I think you're still going to be having to do that, right? Still test, still go through the process. What the technology is doing is actually getting you to, to, to potentially use less resource to do the investigation, and less time to get to a point whether you think, hey, there's value, hey, there's no value, let's move on to something different. And I think that's going to be the thing. So it's not a silver bullet, right? We, we, we kind of think sometimes technology is going to be the silver bullet that will change the world. Sometimes it just makes things faster so we know, hey, there's no value in this, let's move on. Mm, exactly. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, and um, how about when it gets to the stage of, of uh, productionizing um, uh, initiatives, are there any particular challenges uh, when it comes to to graph databases or graph type applications um, that are that are different than normal? Yeah, look, I think that people have to think a little bit differently when they're using the graph database because all of a sudden now, instead of just double clicking on something and drilling down a level, you can actually now drill down by the relationship. 
And so you have to think more a little bit about, about when I explode this uh, concept of this entity to the next level down, you know, in, in the old BI world, we used to structure that. So I, I drill down from, from country to state to city to region to office. Uh, it was pretty well you know, hierarchical. Here, it's not so much hierarchical. It's actually like the links on a, on a network. Like that like background that you have there is actually really appropriate, right? Because all these little nodes connecting to all these other nodes. So you can actually start thinking about, okay, so I'm not just doing a, a logical you know, structured drill down that someone has allocated for me. I can now step through this data based on the relationships. So there is a little bit of different kind of training that you have to give your, your end users to get used to thinking a little bit differently from that perspective because now... The, the, the whole thing opens up a lot wider than just, uh, I've, I'm going to follow whatever the designer for this dashboard has given me. Yeah. I've now got a lot of options to go because I'm, I'm actually using relationships. So that's one thing. But again, like any tech, you've got to go through that change management philosophy where people get trained up, they're expecting it, especially the, the, the newer and the more um, that you break the norm, mm. uh, the more resistance you get, right? So you've still got to deal with that. That's, that's never going to go away regardless of what new tech you're introducing. So I think we can't, again, we think the silver bullet, I've got great tech, it'll, it'll be great. And, and people out there thinking, oh, nope, not going to use it because, you know what, I don't understand it. I don't like this new shit. Give me something that I understand and old stuff. And, and we've got to be uh, yeah, conscious of, we've got to you know, lead them by the hand and take them on the path, right? So uh, some stuff stays old, some stuff is new, but the uh, combination is always going to be there, right? Awesome. Awesome, mate. I love the, the, the pragmatism. That's, um, that's super, super valuable, super helpful. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so... I wanted to see if we could uh, change tack a little bit and um, sure. and go into a related topic, which is uh, a related topic in the space, in our industry, which is coming around um, innovation and, uh, and and a skills shortage uh, where, you know, in, in, our, um, in our country and in our industry, uh, we are obviously striving for, for greater and greater innovation. Uh, we, we want to see more of these applications out there in the market. And we're also um, having to wrestle with a, with a skills shortage uh, and, and, and talents shortage. Um, so I wanted to get um, your thoughts and perspectives on, on those challenges, how they combine, um, and, and yeah, get, get your thoughts. Um. Yeah, look, I think uh, we're uh, yeah, MIP is the, the the kind of company that uh, for thirty years has been able to tap into some good talent, and we tended to use very experienced people in the data warehousing and analytics space, and we still continue to do that. Right, so we're, we're trying to find people. It's tough at the moment; it really is tough to get good people and uh, people with good experience. Um, and what we did, we looked around. We thought, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that actually have good analytic. Um, uh, talents, but they're not um, certified, they're not uh, educated with the right initials from a bloody university that says here's the, the, the right initials to be an analyst and all those good things, yet they're really, really good with logic, they're good with um, thinking through different angles and being an analyst, you know, that's, that's what primarily, you have to have this natural curiosity to say why and how and are these related and why are they related and how does that look? And so we actually went to market um, uh, and, and the, the logo behind me on, the, on this side, the data school is actually, um, while it sounds like a school, it's actually a job that we offer for people that don't have the right qualifications, but have a passion for data. And so for the last three years, we've been going out to market and we take uh, eight or nine people, depending on, on how many we find. We actually advertise uh, in, on Seek and in LinkedIn. We say, hey, look, if you've got a passion for data, apply. 
And the, the really cool thing is um, it's not uh, a standard application process. We don't look at CVs. We don't look at initials after their name. We don't look at experience even. What we say is download a copy of Tableau, which you can get for free. Mm-hmm. Pick some data that you're really, really passionate about. So some people, we've seen everything from sports data, uh, you know, uh, climate change data. Of course, we had shitloads of COVID stuff when COVID was around. Yeah. Right? We, got, we got bored with that pretty quickly. Um, so, so no COVID data. If everyone's thinking about it, no COVID data. Um, but we, we did see other stuff, uh, you know, health, uh, World Health Organization stuff. We got census. People uh, yeah, pulled apart the census. Um, even things like, you know, uh, suicides and deaths in third world countries. Wow. You know, the people with real passion for those kind of topics. And they would then create their visualization and that becomes their application. And so we take that and then we say, okay, now you've got some real talent here or you've uh, taught yourself Tableau. You've now got to a point where we can, you know, we can see this story forming in in this um, visualization. What we want to do then, we test and we say, hey, can you work with different data? So we give them another data set that's completely unrelated and we see if they can make that transition. Do they bring that analytic skill from their passionate uh, topic across to something that's completely irrelevant to them. And that's how they kind of get through. So we go through that process and find these people. And it's just an amazing, amazing pipeline of talent that we've unearthed. We've got people with PhDs in zoology. I've got psychology students, psychiatry students. I've got medical students. I've got um, uh, engineers, lots and lots of engineers, lots and lots of ex-teachers. They don't want to be in the classroom anymore. And, and you know what? They can earn a lot more money as, uh, as an analyst, as a data scientist. And so we've got, uh, I think there's now 150 through the system in Australia. There's about 120 still in, 30 in the alumni. Globally, there's close to 500 people. Uh, the data school is uh, yeah, started in London, opened up in Hamburg and New York recently. So uh, it's got a, a connection around the world. So our alumni here are starting to ask, hey, can we get to New York and work as part of the data school? And we're starting to, uh, to provide those books into a global talent pool, right? So it's, uh, it's really cool. And the customers that we have here, love the data schools. They come out because they're certified in Tableau, certified in Alteryx, and we teach them the soft skills as well. So every week they get up on their feet like this and they present because uh, uh, we have to um, make sure that they can tell the story using the data. It's not just about here's an exciting pie chart or here's an exciting line. It's not about that. It's about the story and the insight. And so we do that and we have uh, clients coming in all the time giving us their data and we do uh, work with real-world data, even as part of the training part of the course. So it's really, really powerful concept. And it is addressing a little bit the uh, the, the shortage. Out. We've had people now joining companies like Aldi, Westpac, Woolworths, uh, CBA, right. uh, some of the universities, uh, some of the facilities management uh, companies out there. So they're all kind of getting out into the uh, the market and starting to uh, make a difference. Well, I hope they make a difference in, in a positive way, right? Wow, that's mate, that's incredible. And and so they 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 apply with their Tableau uh, dashboard, and then they're essentially working um, as a as a consultant as part of MIP. Yeah. Uh, for, for how long? Sorry. So the program is twenty eight months. So we yeah. give them some in really intensive training up front. Some people kind of get very close to breaking point. I get the phone calls. Oh, PK, this is too hard. And we, we, we coach them through that. But uh, yeah. the first four months is uh, really intensive. Then the rest of that process is we actually use uh, these um, uh, consultants to fill the gaps in our client site. So the, the clients know that they're data schoolers. And so they say, okay, there's kind of work they can do. And it's amazing. Some of them come back to us and say, hey, look, they're they're a little bit better than our guys who've been using the products for a few years and they're showing them up. So, so we, I think we're doing a great job in the training and in the coaching and getting them ready for uh, for their new careers as consultants. So lots of career change as well. I, I thought initially I'd just have 
a room full of uni students that have just finished data courses and uh I unfairly call them the kids in the school, but they're not. <laughs> so, so I've got a lot of career changes that have uh, gone through that process. And uh, like I said, I think there's about half a dozen PhDs, uh, like not candidate wow. PhDs who are coming in. And, and some of the, because they've done a lot of data science work themselves, the application of uh, you know, data, you know, strong data principles to what they've got in their data science knowledge really blends together well. And they've uh, made some big, big uh, differences in the projects that we've been running. Oh, mate, that is incredible. Yeah, imagine, imagine that. Imagine wanting to get into analytics, uh, learning a bit of Tableau yourself, then getting into a program where you're trained and then paid to learn and paid to do um, customer projects and, uh, and consult. Mate, that's amazing. I wish that, yeah. was, uh, that was around <laughs> when I started. Yeah, me too, right? Like around uh, back when I started, it would have been amazing. And you make a good point there. We, we're actually paying them some some of the, uh, the the consultants come in, sit in there the first day, and you can see they're kind of like sitting back and being a bit defensive. Going, this is a scam, right? At some point, someone's going to ask me for some money, right? And, yeah, and because you know, every other course in the world, everywhere where you get trained, you've got to give up some money, right? Whereas we're saying, no, we'll pay you from day one, and hey, we we just want you to commit to us for for the whole program. And uh, we've, like I said, we've already got 30 people in the alumni or 35 now in the alumni in, in Australia alone. And there's 126 or 27 people now in the program who are actually running the program, working with our clients, solving big problems. And they're all getting excited by this graph technology because uh, they, they've come into some of the meetings that we run here with uh, with our friends from NEO. And they're all looking at, how do we get into this stuff, PK? How do we do this, right? So, uh, so we're going to be uh, uh, filtering some of that into the, uh, into the course. That's... That's incredible. That is, um, um, yeah, that is that is so good. And uh, tell me how and 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 why or when did you guys decide to um, to bring data school over to start this? Uh, how how did that point come about? Well, it was exactly like you said. It was the, the, the finding the right talent. You know, three and a half four years ago, there wasn't a, a huge critical shortage like we have now. Right today yeah. is, is is a very different world. Um, three and a half years ago. Go. MIP was looking for really good Altrix people because we were reseller for we were actually the representative for Altrix in the country, and we're looking for really good Tableau people. And I could find a handful of good Altrix people, handful of good Tableau people, but very few of them had the skills of being able to. And I'm going to say munging data. I know our yeah. friends at Altrix it's wrangling PK, it's blending PK, but it's I like the word munging. So yeah. <laughs> you munge the data using Altrix, and then you visualize it using Tableau, and, yeah. and there was know people that actually had really good skills in both. And we thought when we looked around the world and our friends in uh, the UK, uh, the information lab had this concept running, they were a few cohorts in, we thought, hey, there's something to this, right? So we talked to those guys and we bought the concept here and we franchised uh, the Australian uh, operation. So already we've got a school in Sydney, a school in Melbourne. We're thinking, uh, we're planning now for a second school and a, uh, in Sydney and another one in Brisbane and potentially uh, through the region because the, the, the demand is so strong, you know, like even through COVID, yeah. Uh, when a lot of people were saying, oh, we're shutting down, we're slowing down, our clients actually were looking for more consultants because, of course, you know, they were getting into the unknown. So the only way that you can deal with that is to have the data to support what's happening. And they needed it almost in real time, not this, oh, it's okay, well, we, we can wait three months for someone to come up with a dashboard. None of that stuff was working for people. So we we didn't have a bench at all. You know, usually a lot of our, our friends wow. in the consulting world would say, oh, we've got all the people on the bench. We don't know what to do with them. Yeah. We were saying, oh, we have zero on the bench and we, we can use another, you know, 15, 20 consultants that, uh, all the way through the COVID break. So, uh, and, and it's continued all the way through now. So we've, we've shown the 
value. And again, yeah, we were looking for that, that, that talent set that combined data knowledge, great visualization skills and storytelling. And so when we couldn't find that, we thought, let's let's build our own, right? A little bit like the Frankenstein thing. We'll, we'll go out, find the right talent in the in the market, bring them in, um, train them up the, the best way we can. And so, look, these, these data schools are certified in Alteryx, certified in Tableau, so that, that there's independent verification of their knowledge. And we teach them all about things like you know, data governance, project leadership, time management. So we give them all the soft skills that they need to be a great analyst. So uh, they come out there and they're, uh, they're, they're changing the world. They're actually um, making some big, big strides in uh, not just in Australia, of course, around the world with uh, the, uh, the skills that they bring to, to our clients. Mate, I love it so much. And, and from, from start to end, and, and I love the, the innovative thinking around um, skills shortage. Because you know, like people might think, oh, we we need we need more um, people with these capabilities, so we will um, get closer to organizations who train. Um, but you guys um, went the other way, and 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 you know, created this program where people get paid to learn and put their their talent, their curiosity um, to good use, and they get taught the, the skills and the ex- and they get the experience that they need. Yeah, and look, I think the, the, the tertiary system still is working pretty well. I think the, mm-hmm. the challenge for us was the time frame, right? Waiting three, four, five years for someone to complete their, their, their bachelor, some that are doing honours, then masters. Uh, that kind of pipeline in this um, kind of marketplace just didn't work for us, right? So we just wanted that immediacy. And the only way we could do that was control it ourselves. So that's why we jumped into uh, creating the data school down under, which is, uh, you know, for anyone who's watching this and uh, is kind of thinking, I'm learning about analytics, I really want to get a job, but I don't have the qualifications, but I don't have the experience, but I don't, but I don't, hmm. come to us. You know, come yep. to us. We'll, uh, we'll show you a, a different way to get into uh, the world of analytics. I love it. I love it. So where, where could people find out more information? Where should they go? Okay, it's www.thedataschool.com.au. Or just give us a call and we'll give you a bit of a clue as to how to get in. The other thing is the people that actually teach the data schoolers, the, the subjects, are our consultants. So we physically pull them oh, off site. So awesome. the guy that was you know, in the morning was doing a governance strategy for one of our biggest clients takes an afternoon and comes into the data school and says, hey, what I just did there and here's how you do governance. And so it's not academic. It's actually real world and pragmatic and practical. And I think that makes a difference as well because you're dealing with people that are in the market, solving problems and knowing what, what the market's looking for. So we, uh, we, we bring real world consultants, real world problems into the room and it makes such a difference to the learning and, the uh, again, that speed to, to, to being efficient and effective as a consultant. Right, that's amazing. That's amazing. And um, and for people that want to uh, learn more about about MIP and some of the graph um, database work that you guys have been doing, where where can they find out more information? So call us at MIP or or come to our website at www.mip.com.au. Am I selling it well? Is that a good right. sales pitch, man? Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. And um, the last thing I'll say is you're coming to Advancing AI Sydney. 30th of August. So for anyone who's enjoyed this conversation, come and see PK as part of our next conference. So Advancing AI in Sydney, August 30th. And I hope to see you all there. PK, this has been amazing. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge, your experience, your perspectives, and your your innovative thinking uh, and approach to problem solving. It's been uh, wonderful and refreshing. And thank you so much for all the work that you do. Yes, uh, Felipe, not a problem. I'm just going to add to um, that the AI Summit. Uh, we'll actually have uh, demonstrations. So uh, we'll um, 
on on the main stage. I think we get a bit of a, a, a time to talk at the uh, the, the folks. Uh, so we'll uh, try and weave in something that uh, will show you what it looks like. So if you can't wait till then, get in touch with us. We'll do a demo beforehand. But if you're uh, going to be at the show, come up to the booth or uh, watch the, the session. We will have uh, live software there you can play around with or you can ask as many questions as you like. Look, it's been a pleasure. I, I, I do get excited talking about this new tech. I get really, really passionate about talking about our data school initiative because I think we're, we're doing such a great thing for, for people's lives. We're changing people's lives yeah. and our clients are seeing that as well and they're kind of supporting that. So uh, if there's anyone out there that is keen on analytics, like I said, talk to us and let's see if we can get you on that first journey. And for the rest of you who are interested in Graph, yeah, come to the show or give us a call. More than happy to get you into more and more detail about this because we've done this for a little while now and we're uh, super excited by it. Mate, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for that. That was excellent. Great to talk to you, mate. As always, take care. Take care, you too. Bye-bye. That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as datafuturology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.